From our local high schools to the pros, the Dallas Morning News has got North Texas sports covered, and it's more than just the scores. From all the off-season moves to in-season adjustments and maybe even postseason glory, the DMN has got the inside scoop on your favorite teams, players, and coaches. You can follow every goal, save, bucket, and touchdown as the Dallas Morning News delivers real local sports journalism from the press box and locker room straight to your inbox. As soon as the podcast is over, head to dallasnews.com sports to see what Brad Townsend, Callie Kaplan, and the rest of the DMN gang has for you there. Hello and welcome to Mavs Daily, where every day of the week we are breaking down a question, event, news, or trend. My name is Bobby Carla. I'm from Mavs Digital. Joining me today as we kick off our uh, our player recap review season extravaganza, there's no one else I'd rather start it with than this guy, Dwayne Price. Dwayne, what is up? Bobby, how you doing today, man? I'm still upset, man. We we should still be playing ball. If we if we had everybody healthy, I think we'd still be playing. I really do. I feel like that's kind of that's got to be the biggest motivating kind of factor for the Mavs moving forward, right? All those guys are sitting on the couch watching these games, thinking, "Man, that could be us. That should be us. That should give you all the motivation you need to carry into the into the off season, huh?" The way I tell everybody is, okay, the Mavericks. Well, we're about those last three games. There was no uh, Christophe Porzingis, no Dwight Powell, obviously, the whole time, and no Jalen Bronson. So that's three of the top six players. That's the equivalent of the, of the Clippers losing Paul George, Zubak, and Lou Williams. And if they lose those three, they'd be at home right now, too. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you, man. So... Injuries suck. They're a fact of life, but it feels like there was a lot of stuff going on throughout the whole season. And we talked about it on, on Mavs Daily uh, uh, last week. It's a lot of stuff that I feel like the Mavs can improve at. And, and you know, if they're able to take a couple steps forward here and there and stay a little healthier, then who knows? Maybe they'll be playing into, I don't know when next season will start. Maybe they'll be playing into August or October or February or whenever the playoffs start. Mavs will still be into it. But uh, today we're talking about two of the players on the team, J.J. Barea and Boban Marjanovic, kind of their roles in this thing this season, uh, some memorable moments they had, and then also how they factor into this deal moving forward. And so let's start with J.J., one of the longest tenured Mavs ever, Dwayne. This season, I believe he entered the top five in career games played for the Mavs, or maybe number six. I know he passed Devin Harris. I should have looked that up before we started, but, you know, uh, we're keeping it casual here on Mavs Daily. So, just J.J. Barea overall. I mean, I don't even know where you start with the guy. He's a legend. Uh, if there's ever, like, some Hall of Fame or Ring of Honor thing, he'll definitely be there for the Mavs. We'll, we'll see about his jersey and everything. But just what do you think about kind of the season J.J. had and, and just generally just what he means to this team, especially to Luke and KP, who really seem to kind of rely on him as a, as a veteran leader? Well, I've been covering the Mavericks in some form or fashion for uh, 26 out of the last 30 years. And I can safely say that J.J. Burrell is the most popular player in the history of the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> he, he really, really is. I mean, everybody loves this guy, and, and rightfully so. I mean, I mean, he's he just been a, a stalwart. I mean, I, I can't let this conversation go by without harking back to 2011 in the NBA Finals against the Miami Heat. Miles were down 2-1 in that series. And Rick Carlisle changed his starting lineup, put J.J. Barrera in the starting lineup, 
and the Mavericks promptly won the last three games of that series. They won 3-0 with J.J. in the starting lineup. And so you've you got to give him credit. He means a lot to his organization. But J.J. is a free agent. He's getting up there in age, and I, I don't know if they're going to bring him back. You know, I, I read a story uh, a couple of weeks ago. Or was it last week? It must have been last week. All these days running together now. That uh, he, he may be, he may go play in Europe for a couple of years. He, he doesn't want to retire. He told me late in the season that he wants to play two more years, and I don't know if he's going to be able to do that here or not. He's an unrestricted free agent, but uh, if the Mavericks do not resign him, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes overseas and plays a couple of years. And then he'll probably come back to this organization and be some type of uh, assistant coach or be uh, uh, somewhere in an, in an organization, you know, player development coach or something of that nature. But uh, he's real popular, and I love I love him. I'm like everybody else. I love him. JJ Burrell. Can't go wrong with that guy. He didn't play a lot this season, unfortunately. He played less than 30 games during the regular season. Didn't get much run uh, during the playoffs. But uh, when, when you see stuff like that happening. All you got to do is put two and two together, and you know what that means. Two and two equals four. Yeah. I love me some J.J. too, man. He's He's got to be one of my favorite players ever to watch. And I know that Derek Harper, of all people, considers him his favorite player. And Harp is, you know, a, a bona fide legend. And so if Harp likes you, you know you're doing something right. And J.J. is just awesome. Um, in your experience covering guys, so you covered Jason Cade while he was here. You covered Steve Nash. And I'm sure you've covered a lot of other players over the years who have gone on to coach. Those are just two examples. Um, JJ seems like he has future coach written all over him. You know, he thinks the game, uh, he's kind of a motivational guy. Uh, People gravitate toward him. He has a lot of charisma and charm and and that sort of thing. And I think you need all of those things to be a coach. Um, Do you see, do you see that role for him? And do you also think that he could be a good head coach, assistant coach, player development, whatever? Yeah, you know, and, and the thing is, uh, point guards like J.J., I mean, they basically are a coach on the court. I mean, there's a reason the Clippers are still playing. Doc Rivers was a point guard, and that, now he's the head coach of the Clippers. And there's a reason why the Brooklyn Nets went out and got Steve Nash, one of the greatest point guards of all time, one of the few players that was back-to-back most valuable players in the NBA. These guys, they can see the game three or four steps ahead of everybody else. So they know what they're doing. They know what they, they – matter of fact, I don't know if you – no, you wouldn't remember this. You weren't around then. Lenny, <laughs> Lenny Wilkins used to be a player coach with the Seattle Supersonics back in the day, and he, and he was a point guard. These guys are just some of the smartest guys in sports. Everybody knows it's like the quarterback in the, on the football field. They know what they're doing. They know a whole lot of other things that the other players are not even aware of. And so I think along those lines, I think J.J. Burrell would make a great head coach in the, in the, in the NBA. And based on the way stuff things are going, wouldn't be shocked if he's a head coach within the next five or six years. If he plays two more years, then he comes out, he's an assistant coach for, for two or three years, then, okay, now he's ready to be a head coach. Yep. Yeah, and, he, and he has head coaching experience in Puerto Rico. Remember, he spent one summer coaching uh, my guys over uh, back back home in, uh, in Puerto Rico. So... He's, he's right, definitely right. building up his base of experience, man, and it's awesome. Um, there's a there's going to be segments talking about guys' strengths and weaknesses, but it feels like at this point of his career, everybody knows what JJ's kind of good at and and all that stuff, what he brings to the table. So I want to I wanna rewind back to 
this is like November 6th, maybe, against the Magic. Uh, I don't remember the date off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure that was the date. Dallas just kind of got off to sort of a sluggish start at home. It was seats for soldiers night. So the building was electric, but the basketball was a little flat. And that was the first time that Rick Carlisle broke the glass in case of emergency and unleashed JJ. And that was his season debut. And dude, he came in and hit like three threes, had a layup, couple assists, just totally changed the feel of the game. And was just, I mean, he was screaming after all these made shots on the court and it was awesome. And uh, that was, that it was so early in the year and it was against the magic and, you know, they had a lot bigger wins, you know, no disrespect or anything, but that was one of my favorite moments of the season, just because it kind of, I don't know, it was just JJ's first chance to show, you know, what, what he had after coming back from that Achilles injury and he was just money. And like, it seemed like every time he ever went into the game, he made an impact. And so that, that night and, and that specific stretch there, like at the end of the first beginning of the second, whenever he got into the game, when I look back on this season, that's one of my favorite memories. Well, I think that was JJ's way of saying that he's ready to play more minutes. Because you and I both know last year, before the Achilles tendon injury that he had up in Minnesota, um, he was running that second unit and running it very, very well. You know, and, and unfortunately, you know, when you get up in age and you have these kind of injuries like that, you don't bounce back as quick as you as you would if you was a younger guy. So it was JJ's way of saying, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to play. All you got to do is just put me in here, and, and I'll show you. And, and, and I, I vividly remember that Six for Soldiers night because the Mavericks were like dead in the water, and JJ just lit a fire in that team. There was back-to-back uh, three-pointers, and all of a sudden, next thing you knew, the Mavericks won the game. Yeah, and it's all JJ freaking Barrett, man. He's awesome. Seems like every fan base – hates him because he comes in the game and immediately makes an impact. And they're just groaning because they're like, somebody guard this guy. I'm going to miss <laughs> that so much, so much whenever he finally does hang it up or move on or whatever. Hopefully it's not anytime soon, but we'll see. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's shift gears to Boban here. How about that? From one right. beloved player to another, from the smallest guy on the team to the small, the biggest guy at the NBA, Boban Marjanovic, the big, tuddle, big cuddly teddy bear. At center, uh, Dwayne. I mean, I mean, what is there to even say about Boban? He's awesome. Everybody loves him. He's really, really freaking good at basketball too. Just overall, just I don't know. Maybe one of the most important additions the team made this summer from a personnel standpoint, just bringing him in here because not only did he give them a kind of a disinfectious, positive personality, but also gave them a lot of JJ style impact at center whenever he did get into games. Yeah. And Boban, he has his personality. It's a happy-go-lucky personality. You look at him, he's a big old guy. He's, what, 7'4", about, about 290 or 3'10", or whatever it is. And and it gives you the impression that, oh, okay, he's just a big guy. No, this dude can play. He can really play. And, and I remember, I used to tell people this all the time, all the other, when we was in San Antonio and Philadelphia, Every time he goes in the game, he makes an immediate impact. And he, he, his hands, he, he's got these huge hands, and they're so soft. He gets the ball. He has this nice turnaround jump shot. He's great around the basket and all that. And he was a factor not only in the regular season, but during the, uh, during the uh, playoffs. And I remember the very last game of the, before the pandemic hit, you know, we all found out sometime in the third quarter, that the Mavericks game against Denver at American Airlines Center 
was going to be the last game for the, the entire NBA. In that game, Boban had 31 points and 17 rebounds against Jokic, who a lot of people are saying is the best big man in the NBA today. And uh, Boban just, he schooled him. Let him know that, hey, I can play too, you know, just because I crack jokes and all this and I'm funny and I, I'm always smiling. I can get down and get it, get in your behind too, just like you can get in mine. So I really <laughs> love this guy, and hopefully he'll be back next year. Yeah. So he had uh, he only played Dwayne, and let me let me pull up his uh, his little game log here. He only played in forty four games in the regular season for the Mavs out of their seventy five. That's not including playoffs. But he had six double doubles. And did you know? The, Ma- the only Mavericks who had more double-doubles than Boban this year were Luka and KP. That's it. Get out been of Boban. And yet here you have this, this big man coming off and giving you, what? He played 9.6 minutes per game this year, and he gave you six double-doubles. I mean, he, the dude's automatic. It's amazing. I mean, I mean, 19 minutes? No, 9.6. Minutes per game, that's it? Wow. He played 422 minutes this year. That's it. <laughs> and he gave you six double-doubles. Wow. You can give – I mean, look look up and down the roster, man. You had guys play almost 2,000 minutes that gave you like two or three. And here's Boban coming in, giving you six, and he's hoisting threes and, you know, poking balls off the top of the backboard with a broom. I mean, he's just <laughs> – he really is the most talented guy in the league. But I'm with you. I mean, he is – he's so uniquely skilled, too, because a lot of guys that are that big – just they don't have like the coordination of the skill. You know, it's tough to sort of keep up with the speed of the game whenever you're that big. But Boban's got soft hands. He's pretty fleet of foot. He's good on his feet. Like he's got good footwork in the post. Uh, he can shoot the ball really well for such a big guy too. I mean, like he's really, really stinking good. And so the, the Mavs got themselves a bargain when they added him. And I mean, he's a really, really super valuable contributor. And you talk about guys like, uh, JJ being a really valuable piece in the locker room. Boban's definitely that way too, almost to the point where it feels like kind of the same with JJ. As long as they want to play, I feel like they'll be welcome around here. JJ's case is a little different, uh, maybe now, but uh, I mean, it feels like Boban could be a Mav forever, at least as long as Lucas here. Because I mean, those guys are they're they're thick as thieves, the two of them. And, uh, you know, I didn't realize he played less than 10 minutes a game. Then. So we can get that up to 20 minutes a game uh, or 19 minutes a game. Imagine what kind of production you're going to get out of the league. Yeah, break the league. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny you brought up the the, the, the broom thing, you know, uh, uh, just for reference for everybody. When the, when the basketball somehow gets trapped on top of the basketball uh, uh, rim or whatever that – up there and in, in the, in the uh, cage area at the top, like between the shot clock and the backboard, kind of. Yeah, yeah. How many times Boban what, had had to go get the broom? What about three or four times, or maybe five? Maybe more than that. It happened two games in a row. It had never happened before ever, and then it yeah. happened two games in a row. And, and it was it was funny, Bob. I was watching NBA playoffs. I can't remember which game it was because it's so many games, and it happened in the NBA playoffs in the bubble. At first, thing came to my mind, where's Boba? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, was, it wasn't a Mavericks game. It was somebody else. Because yeah. now when you see that, that's what you, that's what you think of immediately. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, it's the Boban play, man. It's the Boban yeah. play. I, it's tough to talk about either of these guys, JJ and Boban, without – I mean, this is going to sound corny, but with this, without just getting a smile on your face, you know? And I think it's because, you know, JJ's so tiny and Boban's so big. 
and you know but they're they're way better than like their size or personality would make you think i mean both these guys are so laid back and just enjoy hanging out and kicking it by the pool or whatever but they're really good too um but it's just good to have kind of those like old wily vets on your team you know like you need guys who are gonna give you 40 minutes and go out there and you know be like be like dorian and just bust his butt defending guys and, and doing all the dirty work but you also need guy every good team needs guys like jj and boban at the end of the bench guys who have been there done that courtney lee same thing uh who can kind of do the whole stay ready thing and maybe their number won't be called every night but they're going to come in whenever they do get their opportunity and they're going to take advantage of it yeah and i don't know how guys do that either but you know i guess it's a, it's a talent it's an art that you, you can sit there on the bench for maybe a quarter and a half and then all of a sudden you you're thrown in a game and the coach expect for you to produce and you do produce, you know, because you've been sitting there cold the whole game, probably thinking you're not going to even play. But it's almost like instantly when Boban gets in the game and, and a lot of times in JJ's case also, they produce right away. I mean, that is definitely a talent. And for guys to be able to do that, they should be applauded for that, you know, because I know I know, I can't do it. I don't know about you, Bobby. I, if I'm sitting there, I hadn't played in a quarter and a half, man, I'm thinking about going home and, and, and watching the reruns of the Family Feud because I don't like I'm going to play tonight, you know. <laughs> you and I have only been talking for 20 minutes, but I'm going to need to stretch before I get up and go get another coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, these, these guys are amazing. And apparently Boban puts in a lot of work on this three-point shot too, and that's going to be big. You know, it was always kind of like sort of – almost like a joke he'd take him at the end of games if they were really lopsided or something but i mean if he can develop that shot then that makes him a pretty interesting pretty interesting player i mean you obviously if you're a big guy you need that shot in your in your repertoire uh today so that could be that could be something too but yeah i mean they got they got a lot of skill up and down this team man and and boban and jj i think are um probably two guys that rick is really proud of and again this sounds just really corny and, and whatever but uh, Rick's whole mantra is stay ready, and and they definitely did that, and they made an impact, and and they sort of, um, you know, help enable Luca and KP to to be the torchbearers. But but JJ and Boban are are you know right there, kind of like a shoulder for them to lean on and all that stuff. So uh, very important pieces this whole thing. So it was fun to watch them. Do you have any other uh, any other favorite Boban memories before we before we call it a day? Well, well, the main thing, and I tell people this all the time, big guys like Boban, when little kids, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight years old, they, they want that autograph. The big guys like Boban are normally not approachable. But I think Shaquille O'Neal, he broke that mold of big guys that you can approach me. You know, I'm going to laugh and joke with you, and I'm going to sign autographs with you. I'm going to take pictures with you. Because most of those big guys don't want to be bothered and have that mean look on their face and all that. Boban don't have any of that. He's very approachable. You can come to him anytime. He'll laugh and joke with you. He'll take pictures with you. He'll sign autographs all day and all night. And so those are the kind of guys you need in the locker room. Like I said, he's a good locker room guy. You know, I, I can see if Luca or KP, you know, struggling, you know, through certain periods of the game or, or stretch of games and all that. Boban is the type of guy that would come to him and say, hey, Let's talk this through, man. You know, everybody have good games. Everybody have bad games. You, you're going through a, a struggle right now. You'll get out of it. You'll snap out of it because you got talent. So every team needs a Bovon on it, and every team needs a J.J. Barrera on it. Yeah, both those guys so valuable. Representative of the power of positive thinking, Dwayne. That's the way I like to look at it. Just 
makes you it, it if you think about feeling good you will feel good you know what i'm saying one of my favorite books norman vincent Peale, the power of positive thinking there you go get let's if you haven't read that if, if you're listening out here i haven't read it do some summer reading do some yeah. fall reading you got some yeah. time so check yeah. it out that it, it's it's basically but long story short it's bobon that is the power yeah. of positive thinking that's what norman vincent Peale was writing about all those years ago yeah yeah bobon <laughs> yeah. All right, Dwayne, thank you for joining me. And thank you out there for listening. Uh, we're going to have uh, player recap episodes for every player on the team all up and down the roster. And so there's going to be a lot of those coming out over the next few weeks here on Mavs Daily as we prepare for the offseason. And spoiler alert, it is going to be a big one for the Mavs because, like Lucas said, at the end of the season, playoffs, or it's championship or bust from here on out. Playoffs is good, but you got to start winning. And so uh, here we go. Buckle up. But until then, we're going to be taking a look back at the season that was. And uh, hopefully you'll be with us every step of the way here on Mavs Daily. Mavs Daily.